hello, beautiful human. Uh, I am Zach. That is Daniel. Welcome to the studio. Elenium. Thanks for yo. having me. Thanks, yo. Oh, yo Appreciate yo, it. Yo. Uh, <laughs> geez, y- y- it's so funny. We had headphone problems because <laughs> we always have some sort of problems. That's how it goes. In the studio. And you, you, you were like, oh, I may have my own headphones. <laughs> there is something, though, to the life of a DJ where you kind of always need to be prepared a little bit, right? I mean, so many, like, Vegas shows, you know, you just are always, uh, yeah, and it never hurts to be prepared, but I'm not prepared today. <laughs> so I get a D, I get an F in my DJ, DJ grade today. Uh, how does it work for you? Like, when you're, <gasps> when you're doing a set, like, will you create something for that set? maybe up to the wire or like, like how do you, is each set a little bit different even if you're doing a Vegas show? Yeah. I mean, it depends. I mean, right now, cause this album is so rock oriented. I'm, I've been doing live band rehearsals and doing like guitar playing. So I'm not, in, I'm not on DJ game right now, but in terms of like a Vegas show, there's somewhat of a formula that I like kind of have in my head, but yeah, I can kind of go wherever I want at the, like, I just have a big playlist and it's very organized all my all my record box files and stuff. That's key, in my opinion. Is there something to your first EP being called Elenium and this album? Your your fifth? we don't talk about that first EP. That is that we, I know <laughs> it doesn't exist anywhere really on the internet. <laughs> I tried to scrub that from the face of the oh, earth. Yeah, but some guy <laughs> uploaded it to Reddit. Oh no, dude! Why? You, so bad. It's on YouTube. It's so bad. One yeah. song exists though, right? There, you let one. That was stay. Uh, I didn't intentionally. I tried to wipe all. I mean, it's just I in my opinion, I mean, as a producer, you suck for a while. True. And you think you're you show your friends and they're like, "Oh, this is cool. This is cool." And it gives you like the self-confidence, but when you actually like become decent or like have a better ear, you look back and at least for me, I like hate so much of my earlier stuff. Which I, I and by the way, like I think it's like I think that that's in, everyone. Yeah, yes, yeah. and it's in like that in any profession where you choose to put something out publicly. Yeah, our first sure. interviews are pretty embarrassing. <clears throat> oh my god! Like yeah, I just don't know how to. Yeah, it's like there's so much learning that has to take place. Like all of one the mixing, but also like the musicality of it. It's like all power chords, the bass note. I didn't know like what a root note was. So the the sub is like on the wrong notes. Like the whole. It's just awful. I hate it. Well, why? <laughs> Name this new body of work the same as... This is... I mean, I kind of, like, honestly feel like I successfully scrubbed that first, like, EP that was titled Elenium because it was from so long ago. <sighs> I'd say 99.9% of my fans don't even know about it. So this, in my opinion, this album is actually, like, truly authentic to what I what I love and what the music that I grew up on and that I'm inspired by now and that emotionally impacts me now. I feel like that's why... It's a self-titled album. And my my favorite bands, you know, their self-titled albums are always my favorite. And I just feel like, you know, it's something I wanted to to visit. By the way, the album is absolutely extraordinary. Oh, thank you. And it taps into alternative rock and live instruments in a way that I think is necessary to keep the format alive. Yeah, I mean, it's very all over the place. The the album, I mean, (coughs) that's the kind of stuff, you know a little bit of metalcore, a little bit of pop punk, a little EDM, you know, it's, it has kind of everything. Cause that's what I like doing. And I like, uh, you know, how it tells a story and goes up and down and it goes all over the place. Do you set a goal for this album before you start making it? <clears throat> I mean, I think for this, uh, I was at a point right, right before I started it where I was just a little bit sick of like the very synth heavy, uh, you know, heavy side chain, big like melodic dubstep sound. And I, and I just feel like so many people, at least in the space that I pay attention to, were doing that. Um, 
and it just became very repetitive and very, and I, and I, you know, have always had a rock influence in my music a little bit. Um, but I just feel like I was, uh, able to go to, to Travis Barker's studio and like jam with him and do a session and like create just a rock song and taking that home and like just f- messing with that to, and, and being able to like, you know, when you, when you make a beat that's fully electronic, it's like, it doesn't have those bones, you know what I mean? Whereas being able to, to make and just jam on a rock kind of vibe and then turn that into more of my world was just a new refreshing and very me sounding thing, I think. Like, what is that process like? Like, where do you even begin? Does it start with live instruments that you then yeah, kind of do your yeah. own thing to? I'd say 90% of these, uh, of these songs started as bassist rock songs. And some of the songs stayed in that world. Like the Avril song is yeah. a rock song. You know, I didn't, that song to me shouldn't be changed and uh, in, in forced into an electronic world just because it's an electronic song. I think, you know, being in that room and jamming. And yeah, it's like, they all start like that. And I, I had a bunch of, uh, you know, like what the hell moments because I'm there sitting like tra- jamming with Travis and he's like an idol. And I'm just like, I don't, I suck at guitar. This is rough. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just, I mean, it was fun. It was new. And I feel like it was just really refreshing for, for my whole process. What do you bring to that session or that room that like I nobody always, else can? I mean, I always come with like something and, uh, like a little guitar riff that I record the night before. Like I, I love just sitting down and making intros, whether it, and, and a lot of it kind of leans a little more symphonic, simple. Uh, sometimes it's like an electronic, like the, in the Avril song, the first little uh, synth patch I had, that's what we wrote the whole song to. Like do, 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 do. It's, and it's kind of like just the, I try to have something that is memorable right off the start that then we can build on. Um, and so that's pretty much how every session worked. I, I would have like maybe three ideas and we'd pick one and then we'd go off on that and I'd grab a guitar and we'd start writing vocals and stuff like that. Today, how are you picking who you want on records or who you want to be in a studio with? I mean, I'm fans of all these, of all these people. So, uh, you know, like the Spearbox work one worked cause I'm huge Spearbox fan and through one of the people I love working with, his name is Andrew. He got in touch with their management and they were down to have a session. So that's another similar situation where we had a studio date set up. So the night before I made that little intro pad with the bass, like uh, the kind of like creepy eerie one. And then I made like a, that first 30 seconds of just like guitars and, and rock drums that in the first time I showed them, it was so weak. And then Mike in spirit box added all of his guitar tones and stuff into it. And it just like blew it up. It sounded so good. But where do you go to find that tone? Like, where are you at? Like, I'm just in my studio, but mentally where are you at? Oh, <laughs> I'm like, but the, t- uh, <laughs> mentally, I mean, I feel like I'm always just like searching for, for what impacts me emotionally. Like what there's, I feel like a, a feeling in music when you're just, especially in creating it, when you're you're kind of vibing out, you're searching for something and you're not really like, you don't find it. And then there's like some sort of either a guitar riff comes in or like you fill out a, a drum section or a chorus section so much where it just, and, and or you add like a little lead note that something hits and it like, for me, it's like huge guitar stacks and like, you know, emotional chords and, and like a scream or a, or a note that's sung. I don't know. There's something that just like, 
makes me escape. The you know? scream into it's, the drop on that song is fucking crazy. Oh, it's crazy. so good. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. And like the chorus in general of, of, of Shivering, in my opinion, it's just like so fat and so huge. You know, you don't have, even without her vocal, I was like vibing on that song. You know, I was like the, the emotion of those chords and everything, it was really hitting. And then her vocal hitting whatever it is, it just like grabs you. I don't know. There's some songs that don't hit and it's like that's, you know, it doesn't have whatever I'm searching for. So it's like happy accidents too. Where do you go though to like create a piece of production from nothing? Um, like I'm just like confused. Making like, a lot of crap <laughs> and then finding some, it's happy accidents. Do you just keep going and like just go to wherever, like whatever pops into your mind first, you just ride with it or? No, I mean, I, I feel like it's uh it's a good balance of like knowing what you like and also having a, a, people that you can bounce stuff off of, you know, in my opinion, I think, I think some producers want to do everything themselves, write all the lyrics themselves, sing it themselves. It's like, that's them. You know, I'm more of a person that I'll work on something for like two, three hours. I'll, I'll, I'll start getting into it and then I'll send it to like a crew of two or three people and be like, is this dope? And if one of them says, meh, you know, I'll just trash it. You know, I don't try to force it. And really? that's, I think one, yeah, for me, it's uh, it's one thing that like I just I have trust in in a few people that I really, uh, just think like if it's not there, you know what? Don't waste the time. Don't try to push something too hard. I think, uh, I think a lot of producers can kind of just it, you waste so much time. If rock music or alternative rock or what would you call some of these records? Like oh god, <laughs> I mean like I with Avril, is that is it alternative? No, that's a rock. I mean I'd call that a rock song. Yeah, or a pop punk song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that that's the right way to describe it. If, if that's that, an easy one though, because I mean, I feel like the what is the nothing ever after or spirit box one? I mean, the spirit box one has more electronic. But do you feel like dubstep too in that? There's like that's dubstep, rock, yeah. scream. There's like a little bit yeah. of everything in that one. Yeah, that's why I like this album, and I also am kind of scared because it's like I feel like in today's world, uh, pushing stuff to DSPs and stuff like that. It's just like hopefully. You, this doesn't just get left behind, you know, hopefully it, hopefully people see like it's crossing genres and it can go in multiple things versus nothing. You know what I mean? So do you feel like you need to box anything in? I mean, I don't, I just do what I love, you know, I, but yes and no. If <laughs> pop punk or rock is what you love, why didn't it come earlier on in your career? Even though there are like, like hints of it. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody evolves, you know. I think in 2015, I was obsessed with, uh, you know, more electronic sounding stuff, more melodic dubstep. It was like that was what was what was new and interesting sounding, and there was so much intricacy in a lot of the, the you know, the songs I obsessed over, like Seven Lions or Porter, all this. There was a bunch of stuff that I was like, how did they do that? How? And I think as a, like, up-and-coming producer, I was just curious on how they did that, and I'd try to figure it out in my own songs, you know, and it turned out, you know, putting all that stuff together, all those influences kind of created what Elenium was at that time, you know, that's kind of how it always works, and then after a while, you kind of figure that out, and stuff stops, hit, stops hitting as hard, and you just, like, want to just find whatever is the next, uh, you know, what lets you es musically es helps you escape and stuff like that. And so I think over the past two and a half years, that's been going back to the stuff that I used to love back when I was like younger and had those like really deep in impressions on me that like last forever. 
I think it's really interesting because like you're unlike a lot of the DJs that we've had on the show. And I think there are a couple exceptions, but your guide or your barometer is based personally on where you want to go. Whereas I can make the case that like, you know, somebody like Tiesto and I, he's told us on the show before he makes decisions where he thinks culture is going. hundred percent. Right. I like, love Tice too. I just yeah. had dinner with him and he's a genius with that. Dude, but David's he, the same way. David yeah, gets exactly in that same yeah. lane. I can't do it. I don't know. I just don't have that same. Uh, I mean, it, <clears throat> I, it's, it's like, yeah, it's so interesting to, to think about that difference. Cause I don't have that mentally. I just am like, what is, I need that personal. Cause that's at the end of the day, why I started making music was cause it helped me get through my own shit and helped me kind of figure out myself and have self-confidence and stuff like that. And so at the end of the day, what is going to hit me the hardest and also be interesting to, I know like the community that follows me now, which is amazing, but it's crazy. Does that like even seep into the creation process at all? Yeah, I, I try. Yes, it does. Like the, I mean, you want to please everybody. Uh, obviously, I'm like a big people pleaser, which is like awful mentally. But um, <laughs> but like I feel like a lot of uh, you kind of have to be a little bit for an art to be yeah, an artist now. Sure, but too much, and and you're just like screwed in today's world. Well, yeah, and then you're lost, and you don't yeah. even know who you yeah, are for sure. And then what do people actually like? Is yeah. it you or what you think people? And also, the like. negativity hits you way harder if you're too much of a people pleaser. Oh, so yeah. I try to find a balance, but. Um, I mean, that's why I think this album has so much of the ups, like ups and downs and kind of crazy aspects is like, I, if I'm making a song and there's a potential to go one direction and I know everyone's going to love it and it, it, it generally, I enjoy it too, but I, it's easy to go that route, you know, without overthinking it too hard. Cause it's just natural. If that I, makes sense. Of course. But there are like Reddit threads that are dedicated to like people just talking oh, yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> Old millennium. Yeah. I know. But it's just so boring if you just keep mm-hmm. doing the same crap. Yeah. It's so boring. Do they you remember want- Do you remember yeah. the moment you're like, I'm bored of the, like, let's say the trilogy. Do you remember the moment yeah. you're like, I'm kind of bored of this? It, well, it's weird because I feel like I love, I love that sound and I love that music, but it's just, uh, it, it's not you can't make the same song over and over and over and over and over for the rest of your life. In my opinion, like I would lose my shit. I'd lose my mind. I just can't. Um, but it's, uh, no, I don't really know if there was an exact time. Yeah. And it's weird. Cause I still feel like I can dabble in, you mm-hmm. know, I can like put my foot in it, but I just can't make a full album of it. I Absolutely. Think. It's like the story lived there and like, that was cool. And now I want to, you know, Try something new. Is that the downside of making music that is so deeply personal and relatable to the person on the other side of the speaker? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I think music just evolves naturally. All I just I don't. That's a good question. I I didn't think of it like that. I just kind of did what I what was natural. Like people only care because it affects them personally. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they're not like speaking out because they don't care. Yeah, no, people have hardcore attachments to oh this my, stuff. Yeah, Pat, like it, Yeah. <laughs> you release it at a certain point and then it's up to everybody else to take it and make it their own. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's how all I feel like good music is like you can have your story for it and then people put whatever they're going through and that's also <clears throat> The thing, I think a lot of people that get attached to a certain thing, it's a huge 
impact of what they're going through in that time. You know, if, if people are going through struggles and finding themselves at the same time that they're obsessed with a song or something like that, that's just going to have a lifelong effect, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's nothing I have control over. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I have those songs. I have songs that I go back to and I get like transport, like a portal back to what emotion I was in when I first heard it. It's so sick. And a part of you, like, same with me. I mean, that, again, that that is art. But, like, yeah. every time I hear a song from that same artist, I am looking for something that originally brought me to them for to sure. begin with. You yeah, know? for sure. I know. There's a, there's a balance, I think. Yeah. I think completely abandoning is potentially harmful, but I think, I think there's a middle ground, obviously, and that's kind of what I'm trying to search for. And I feel like I found, for the most part, I feel like I deviated from it on a couple songs but i think overall it's about just finding a balance and something new how do you decide who you work with and who's worthy essentially of who's worthy lending their voice <laughs> or lending their writing to a record i mean the god yeah. it's god's truth because i can make the case that if an artist does a song with you it will most likely end up being one of their most streamed songs I mean, it's what's cool is I feel like I'm lucky to have a fan base that really cares about the people that I'm working with. Like they, uh, they really love finding new artists. They and and if they find an artist that they love, they'll be hardcore fans of them. They're like, you know, uh, just really genuine and really looking for emotional music that helps them through whatever they're going through. And that's that's really dope. Um, in terms of finding people, I think you know sometimes. Uh, it's I, I work with a lot of the similar people uh, uh, since pretty much like Awake and Ascend. I feel like I found a lot of people that I love working with and that I will like I have someone that is amazing at guitar, you know, and like I, I can get by with guitar, but who knows what I love and like I'll go in the studio and we'll just make sick guitar riffs and make, uh, you know, little intro beats and stuff like that uh, or do sessions from scratch. And uh, and then I also have my friend Trevor said this guy who. I've never not shown a song like every song I've ever made. I've he's had an input on, you know, just like for me, he sends me songs and we have input input. So I think that is just, uh, because I learned to trust their, 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 uh, opinions and everything like that. I think, you know, I don't try a bunch of new people because I don't really know their opinions that well. I want to really, I feel like I want to really be able to dissect the whole, like who I'm sharing something with, like, what are they, what do they bring? So you'll set up like the same core people, but then have different vocalists come in. And are those vo- like, like Teddy swims mm-hmm. or Max or yep. Nina Nesbitt or Jake? Or, yeah. I mean, so there's some, so many. Sometimes they're they're Sometimes I'm in the session with these people writing the song. And then sometimes it'll be like a demo sent to me. That's just a, there's just a top line. I'll make the instrumental and then I'll have a new person cut it. Or I'll just have like the Teddy swim song. That was a, that was way slowed down. And, uh, I think the original BPM was like 145 or 150 and I brought it up to like 170 and I just put all new instrumental over it. Um, so that one was like, I mean, he, his voice is insane. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It was like so easy to fill the space with that. It was so fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just kind of, it's, it's the same like feeling. I'm just, if, if I'm listening to a demo, I really want very minimal and I want to just envision what I can add or how I can make it better or maybe restructure it. Um, and, and I want that emotional kind of punch. Are there any similarities between working on a demo and working on a remix of a song? Oh, hugely. I think I learned, I think, uh, like that's how I learned to produce was getting acapellas off YouTube and just like trying to make new chord progressions and trying to make my own version of that song. 
Um, and I think that's kind of where my like basis of musical understanding happens. So if you find a perfect demo, it's kind of just finding like perfect, perfect remix, you know, very similar. That's pretty sick. Yeah. How'd the uh, remix with Taylor Swift come about? That was crazy. You know, I feel like that reminded me of, uh, back in the days cause I got stems, I made it in like two nights and we put it out the next day. <laughs> it was crazy. It was, yeah, it was like the fastest, uh, cause normally you're like, Oh, I got to have to sit on this. They don't want to release it. And, uh, when they heard it, they were just like sick. It's coming out tomorrow. And I was like, okay, here we go. Let's do it. That's pretty wild. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. I was like, I'm not going to say, wait, you know, yeah, do you. But, Swift. <laughs> but I mean, in this, like, especially Anti here, which was like this, the, the first yeah. song that kind of stood out on the album. Do they say like, hey, this is what we're looking for? They just say, no, do Illenium. Do, yep, whatever. They said, do whatever. Damn. It super, uh, it flowed super fast. I, I knew I wanted to do something more in my like, uh, you know, older sound. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like it just flowed really easily. Do you set up that song the same way you kind of do Drown? Because, I mean, it, you sample Bring Me the Horizon yeah. on that one. Uh, Drown kind of happened. I made that first little, like, drum section uh, that was, like, 20 seconds long. And I just had, I, ma I made it in the back of a car driving up to Steamboat, like, just going to ski and was vibing. And I sat on that for, like, uh, probably four months. And I didn't really know where to take it. I was like, maybe this is just going to be one of those ideas that, you know, I, it comes and goes. But then... I was messing with that drown acapella and I did like some reversing and some splicing over those chords and that core, like the chorus part happened. And I was like, this is actually totally a vibe that like flows with the intro and a very different type of song. But I would say uh, the good thing about remixes is generally, unless you're totally messing the structure up, mm -hmm. it's already a structured song God. with the sample. You have a lot more leeway to go wherever you want. Got it. So, you kind of make your own, like, what's the verse? What's mm -hmm. the what's the highlight? What's the drop going to sound like? Or, or, like, the vibey part? Yeah. When... Are most of these songs, like, that you're remixing given to you? Or do you ever go to them and say, I want to do this? Um, Back in the day, it was always, like, reach out. You know, I'd, it was, uh, like, 2014, 15. It was, like, listen to songs on Hype Machine, find one that like sounds that I love, you know, I'd be like, Oh, this is sick. And it's empty and ready to go. I'd try to reach out to their, that artist and be like, you down. And then you just put it out on SoundCloud whenever. Sorry, I need to turn this off. No, it's okay. <laughs> Do not disturb. I love that button. Yeah. I, my whole life. Is not disturb. <laughs> just, I just like to, I, I try to hit pause on life. It just I doesn't know, usually right? work. I know. Um, where did jerseys come from? Yeah, that's a good question. They kind of just random hat. <clears throat> the first one, and so I played a Red Rock show in uh, what year was that? Twenty fifteen or sixteen, and it was a uh, it was called Rowdy Town. It was by Big Gigantic's Red Rock show, Sick. and they made everybody a jersey who played who opened for them that year. <clears throat> and so I had one that said Elenium, and I took a picture it was just in the back because it said it had a uh, a rowdy town logo i think <laughs> on the front and uh it got like a bunch of love on social media so then i was like i'm gonna make my own and then i just started wearing them because i don't really i like not having to like worry about what i wear yep you know it's just like throw the same crap on every time Easy. and i think that it, it was just right timing it was a simple and it looked cool and then it became like edm rave wear <laughs> just and that's sweet you sell them yeah, sell a lot of them. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. It's fun now because we get into like a bunch of really creative designs. The new one 
uh, the new one for like we do one pretty much every album cycle and then some fan favorite ones and stuff like that. It's cool. Some festival exclusives like we're playing Electric Forest this year and that's one of my favorite festivals. So we'll do like a, a limited just Sick. Electric Forest one. Yeah, that's cool. And they matter to people. Oh, they have. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, yeah, th there's some serious collections out there. Crazy. Is there pressure knowing that you make things that matter the most to people? Um. Yeah, I mean. With that comes a lot of like heavy opinions and it's like sometimes if you want to like step out of the box and do something different or like try to mess with it and it's like the whole, everyone is like, ah, go back to how it was. And you know, that's constant though. But that's what I want to ask because you're now selling out football stadiums, which is insane. Yeah, it's crazy. And you talk about the community. Like, do you think about, okay, this new album is different. How is this going to fit into the live show and what's bringing people to these football stadiums anyway? Yeah. I mean, I, that's where with the show, I feel like I'm so stoked at where it's at because it's, it still has, uh, I did so many edits and stuff. It is, I feel like still very Elenium mm -hmm. and people that only know my new stuff. If they come to the new show, they're going to be like, wait, this is, I mean, it's, it's different in the terms of like, it has a lot more rock and stuff like that. But I feel like with the, I revisited so many of my older songs and made new edits and stuff like that. And, and I put so many hours into it and. I feel like like the music at the show is just like going to make it so much more impactful and fan friendly, I mm -hmm. think. What's the difference between Nick and Elenium? Big big difference probably. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I feel like uh I mean, with the with the way of like social media and stuff right now, I feel like I have to like be uh you know, safe as Elenium. You have to be like kind of safe in the in the world. Ish. But what is safe? I don't know. Like you just, you, there's so much fear with like messing with the, the, the brand, yeah, not, not even the brand, but like getting canceled. Yeah. Something like that. And I don't know. I like have anxiety about it and stuff. It's just like, I don't want to mess anything up. I'm just trying to do me and live my life and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just kind of a weird fear that I have. Does that fear creep into you speaking out on things or at least, well, maybe choosing to speak through music as opposed to having conversations on topics? I mean, I mean, yes and no. I mean, talking to my fans, I feel like there's no difference between Elenium and Nick. Like I am genuine and I care about them and they care about me and I care about their experience with the music and everything like that. I think there's no difference, but just in terms of the broader, you know, like I just feel like I have to, uh, you know, you just have to, tread carefully in all aspects of being a public figure. You know what I mean? But there is something to talking about your sobriety publicly, which you're doing. And that I, I, like, I appreciate you. Yeah. I'm very totally much. down. I, that's why I kind of have like things that I pick and, 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 and passionate about like this new thing I'm partnering with end overdose, which is awesome. They, uh, I'm doing, uh, this live thing where you pretty much figure out it's detecting an overdose and also you, how to use, uh, uh, I call it Narcan. I forget the... Oh, action. it's Narcan, yeah. Yeah, it's Narcan. And it's free, and I want everyone at any show I play at to have Narcan. You know, like, uh, there's, uh, there's like, legal issues with having test strips and stuff like that, which is stupid. Um, but I, I would love for the for the scene to change where it's totally legal for everyone to use test strips to use Narcan. I mean, I'm sober. I don't use it, but it's, like... People do. I, and, and, and it's awesome. People have amazing experiences, and it's... And I think, uh, you know... It's just challenging 
that because, uh, you know, as a promoter or as, you know, AG or Live Nation or whoever owns these venues, there's liability issues if you supply test strips. And I think that's messed up. You know, I think that that's just like a law that should not be there. Why are there liabilities for supplying test strips? Wouldn't that keep well, people technically safe? Technically, you're... Uh, if if someone wanted to sue you or if some, I mean, it's just a messed up situation, but if someone wanted to sue you or if there were criminal uh, possibilities, then uh, you could sue, like that's the landowner knowing, knowingly letting drugs be done um, on there, on there. Got it. Yeah, which you can't do, but you can supply Narcan. Um, Narcan you can't, but not test strips get yeah, tricky. Yeah, because test strips, you're yeah. knowingly saying, oh, we see you doing it. Yeah, But like, why? It's so, so frustrating. It's like, you're you're 100% correct. And and by the way, I think it's like a, such a large conversation that needs to be had very yeah. actively because the conversation you're holding right now is fentanyl yeah. tearing apart Totally. So many families and, that's and where friend it groups gets and communities. Tricky in terms of my personal views are very, very uh, passionate about this stuff. And in terms of when it becomes Elenium standing for this stuff, I feel like the passion can be, uh, it, it becomes taking a team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't like there being a team. I just have, I'm passionate about it. So it's, it becomes tricky when it becomes a, uh, thing that Elenium is standing for and then it's like okay now he's on this side and it's I don't know but when the reality is like you stand on the side of like your fans and your people and yeah, safety and having that connection is. with the art yeah that is but online people can take that wherever you know it's just scary but but, the, <laughs> but there is like a and I do hope that like people have it and there's a, like a larger discussion here on like what it like what drugs mean in society because yeah. there is something to like yes like uh, I wish we didn't have a bunch of societal and systemic problems that yeah. led to addiction and drug abuse, For sure. a bunch of stuff, but people choose to use drugs and people are dying because those drugs are laced with things yeah. that are not what they're signing up for. A hundred percent and ravaging communities and families, tearing them apart. Totally. I, I I've lost friends to fentanyl. Yeah. It is horrific. I've lost so many friends. Yeah. Like gives me, but, but, but by, Looking at it like that, you're kind of accepting that people are doing drugs, right? Yeah. Which every, I think we should accept. 100%. And that's why a larger conversation about like making drugs maybe even legal, right? So yeah, it's, so, it's, it's so, so tricky going down big. the larger path like that. I mean, I think if every single drug user understood and knew how to use Narcan and got it for free at, at every time they walked into a venue, boom, live saved. Done. Sick. But in terms of the larger discussion, that's so it, I uh, it's really challenging because you do see some places that implement complete, you know, uh, crime free areas. And then it just becomes such such a, a sad sight. You yeah. know, it's like crazy. And so but then you look at countries that legalize all drugs and I they're know. actually done in a way that is totally up to medical grade. Yeah. And you're, you're not risking your life every time you choose to yeah. use it. I just don't know if it would work in our country. No, you're 100% right. I just don't right. think it would. I just don't. I think stuff's too fucked up. You're correct. <laughs> and and by the way, we're, we're very far gone on a path that like, you know, you could also make the case that like if we legalized cannabis early on, you wouldn't have had the opioid crisis that we have today. There's a bunch of like, there's yeah. a, it's really sad. I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if I agree with that. I would like, just as a yeah. past drug of addict, course. I was going to go for whatever, like whatever is the craziest shit for sure. It, it, you're, <laughs> is it, you're very open about, your 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 path to sobriety, which is incredible, because yeah. you, you, I, reading your story, 
you come from a it's just a different path, right? Like, yeah, like sure. your origin of where you've come from and how music has helped you, but also the family that raised you. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't look at it like that. Mm -hmm. What, you know what I mean? Like people have in their head one thing. Yeah, totally. When the, they have what they think a drug addict is when the reality it isn't. And no, especially now at like pretty much the past 15 years, very normal people become junkies, hardcore. And it needs to be discussed yeah. because that's the only way we fix it. Yeah. And it's not, and it shouldn't be like, I feel like the the uh, the wording from you know like the seventies through two thousands of like drug addict or junkie or heroin or these like heavy words where it's only put on this very like bottom class of people. I just feel like that has uh, you know it. I feel like there's a normalization that has slowly been happening, at least in my world where like, you know, my family went from you know, the first time they heard that I did heroin, they were like, what the fuck? That's the worst of the worst. Like people, only these type of people do that. And then as it progresses, you're like, okay, there's actually a shit ton of kids that are transitioning into that. And they're all, all over the country. And it's like very, uh, it shouldn't be normal as in like, oh yeah, it's just doing heroin on the weekends. You know, like nobody fucking does that. But, <laughs> but in terms of, uh, you know, of it being, addiction is a disease and everybody can get through it with the proper, uh, you know, will of themselves. And, you know, for me, I had to go through a bunch of shit. Um, but I think the, the taking an honest approach on it and meeting it with love instead of meeting it with you're a degenerate, uh. get your life under control. What the fuck? You know, I think that's just setting everyone up to, o to OD one day, you know? That is well said and 100% accurate. Yeah. Do you look at that time? Like, could you have, could you be here right now, even making the music you make today, if you didn't? No fucking shot. Right? No way. Yeah. It made you into who you are. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it, yeah, I mean, I, I was, I, it's weird to even compare because I feel like I was a bit of a different person then. Uh, you know, I just didn't, I didn't have uh, a sense of myself. I didn't know at all who I was. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had these like vague ideas of what is cool and successful and, and, but I had no dreams of every, of anything. And especially in like the full addict time, it, it was like, you know, I don't care about any of it. I just worry about like 20 minutes from now, you know, that's all that I care. And then, and time goes by so slow in that mind state. It's so crazy. Like a year will fly by what being like who I am now and then like a year back then feels like 10 years it's crazy it's That's so scary yes yeah, it's, it's like a terrible loop to be stuck in but uh but yeah I mean I I think you know uh fi finding a passion is had changed me like incredibly I think it's like some higher power shit for sure I don't really I'm not like a religious person but I very much believe in a higher power and believe in that having an impact and saving my life for sure. Um, because I was pretty helpless in my opinion. Like I couldn't do shit to, to fix it. I went to eight rehabs, you know, it was like, I, there was not the, you know, and then finally when the last time I used, I was just like, I am going to fucking die. And I didn't really care. And it was just like, okay, I'm like, somebody help me out. Like I can't do this shit. So who you did? Know, I mean, I think there was a, a you know, I'd, I'm not a big preacher on like, but 12 steps helped me a lot creating my, uh, 
you know, what I needed as a foundation of like, of being a human, you know, I think that helped a lot. Um, being really honest. I used to not be an honest person. And now I'm just like, honesty is number one, hundred percent. Um, and then music, you know, that was what, what like gave me peace listening to it at first, like writing for blogs and finding new music and finding, you know, what, uh, you know, would heal me slowly, like kind of piece by piece. I feel like that was really impactful going to shows, you know, finding a community of people that, uh, were honest and passionate about music too. I feel like that was massive. And so it was just like piece by piece. And then, and then it became making my own music and then my fans, you know, like having a, having my first fan, I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like that is that I am. And then the first time someone helped told me I, my music helped them through the same shit. I mean, it was just like, that was the best motivation of all time. You know, you can really sit here and say that like music was, Oh, massively. Yeah. I mean the fuel. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not only like and like the, people say that all the time. No, and they're yeah. like like what like blowing smoke. It like, one thousand percent saved my saved my where I was at for sure. How long after you got clean did you write? Uh, was it take you down? That's that's one right. Yeah, so I had I got sober in two thousand twelve. Um, take you down was the first time I became open about about it because I was very it took a while six years. Yeah, I was for I was uh I was like kind of nervous to be open about it because I knew. You know, a lot of my fan. You know, I don't. I don't want to be the preachy guy. You know, I like. It's. Uh, it's not. This is my story, but I also feel like there's a lot of. Uh, I have. I I have past experience with drugs that weren't all negative, and I don't think they're like ban them. Everybody needs to be sober. You're fucking like. I totally believe. People need to experiment. People need to find. You're pushing theirs. Narcan. You're cool as shit. Yeah. <laughs> you can cool have. Yeah. But it's like, do you, I'm not going to, I'm not going to preach, you know? And that's why I was kind of wanted to hold off. But at a certain point, the, 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 uh, just like the fan interactions were so, I feel like I had to hold back so much and I wanted to be more honest with like the people that told me how much the music was helping them. It was just like, Weird. I wasn't. I wasn't open about my addiction, but I heard so much feedback about people getting through addiction because of my music, or getting through depression, or something like that. And so I was like, I feel like I'm just like cheating these people because I'm not being honest with them, but they're being honest with me. So but you are being honest through the music. Through the music, yeah. But I feel like there, there's a reality that I think people. Uh, I, I feel like knowing exactly the details I feel like are very helpful for people in it. You know, totally. same with me when I was, what gives was, them hope? Yeah, totally. You know, when I was sitting, uh, like, you know, 20 days clean and I heard this guy talk about how rough his life was and then how successful and happy. And like, I was just like, wait, like what really come on? No way. Like, and then I got some of the details. I was like, holy shit. That's, that's amazing. You know? And like, it's possible. The more honest I feel like you are, the more hope you bring, in my opinion. Do you remember the moment where you decided to like open up? Even though you could Well, the I'm song sure you can also listen to the music. So personal. Yeah, that that was it, right? Yeah, I think the lyrics were just a direct that was the first time I truly wrote about it. You know, everything it all my music in the end of like I can metaphor to something about that, you know, I can like yeah. tie it with it, but that song was like, This is a story about the like one particular night and it was you know it was just like really impactful 
because I'm sure you can listen back to your music that you made it, it, while you were piecing yourself together and hear that yeah. in some way, shape, or form. For sure. But what put, like, how long do you sit on that song even before you choose to share it? Oh, I had that song for a year. Or I think it was a year. Yeah, I think it was about a year. Eight months or something like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I wrote that song with uh, the, with Rock Mafia, Tim and Antonina. And it was actually on my birthday. I had flown. It was the first, I think it was one of the first in-person sessions I had done. And uh, like in my career, like writing. And I was just talking with them and they were so uh, just curious about my past. And I had talked to him about this one night that was just fucking, I, I look back at that night and I'm just like, that was a sick person, you know, like I was sick. I was, I was ho helpless, you know, in that moment. And I talked to him and, and that was, uh, we wrote a song about it. That was so cool. Like I was like, this is, this hits way fucking harder, <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. What is it like to hear that back? Dude, that song still fucks me up for sure. I can't play it every night. It's like too much, honestly. Yeah. I, it's like, I'll play it at some of my bigger shows. And, and when it first came out, I was playing it a lot. And it, um, you know, every song you play, eventually you get a little desensitized to it. Um, but then I took a break from playing it. And now when I play it again, it still fucks me up. Yeah. Was there a defining moment that you were like, okay, I need to share? Like there was this. I think it was, it was kind of, I had released two albums and I feel like I was getting to a point where like all the shows were amazing and the the fan connection was like getting to a high, and I was just like, I think it's, I think it, it felt right, and especially having that song and being so personal and loving it so much. I was like, people need to know what this is this is about, and people need to know like what I stand for. And I was just kind of feeling like I was just kind of half-assing my personality in terms in terms of like what is Lenium, what am I? You know, I just need to be honest. When you share that song and you write a letter that goes yeah, with it, yeah. Is it freeing afterwards? How does it feel? For sure. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, I mean, it, overall, there's still messed up people that like, you know, will fuck with you about it. But in overall, the reaction was just um, unifying in a sense of like me, my fans, the my family, the people that I went through it with or that I came out of it with. It's just like, it's all honest now. It's all real. Like it's not, there's no, uh, there's no, you know, fear of, of it being not authentic. You know, your mom was the most important part of that journey for you. For right? sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, both my whole family was, but that, that song and that, uh, you know, that night was like just really impactful. Some fucking angel shit. It's crazy. <laughs> it's really like it. These conversations need to be had because yeah. if they're not had, then a stigma continues around them and people realize that, you know, there may not be hope when the reality yeah. is there's so many solutions totally. and answers and a much, 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 much brighter light at the end of a really shit dark tunnel. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What are you thinking? Uh, completely different topic. How did it switch feel it up? How did it feel when Urban Outfitters leaked your track list? What oh my fuck? god! <laughs> At first, I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" Uh, it was, and Out then of all people, and then I tweeted, and then they told me to take it down. I was like, "What?" what me? Hold on, <laughs> you take it down? Yeah, I was like, "You take it down," and I was like, "At least respond with some funniness or like it just yeah. whatever." I'm over it. You know, it's fine. 
<laughs> but yeah, it was funny. We had to we we uh, we had some cool stuff planned with like some of the features, like announcing that they're on. We yeah. we had, and then that all went to shit. So it was it was all right. Really cool. Thanks, Urban Outfitters. <laughs> yeah. Are you planning on making it up to him? Yeah. Or for or to us out of uh, emotional distress. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? It's all good. It's G- is it good though? It's forgotten. No, it's not. No. <laughs> When's your birthday? December 26th. Mm, oh my God, that's right. You're right after Christmas. That sucks. Yeah, it does suck, dude. You have to share your day with Jesus. Yeah, some bullshit. Damn. I've been I'd, getting like half Christmas, half birthday presents my whole life. Yeah, forever. Yeah. I mean, maybe- I'm such a spoiled brat, though. Listen to that. I've only been getting half my presents. <laughs> I mean, now you can buy yourself anything. What's the most expensive thing you've purchased? Uh, I mean, do houses count? I guess. Really expensive. Yeah, houses, LA house. Nice. I have this warehouse in Denver that I've been dumping money into, building studios and stuff, which is freaking sweet. But sick, you know, it's a money pit. Yeah, who the fuck's going to Denver? Well, it's actually sick. I want to because after this album comes out, I want to like get more involved in with my label and have you know be more focused in bringing people up, and I want to have a space to like like if I find a sick artist or we want to start working with someone, they can just like there. live in Denver and work at the studio permanently. And you've always like, um, I, I'm pretty sure you made a case for Denver for a while. Like I it's not New York. It's not LA. Oh, it's not yeah. San Francisco. Dude. So many people have moved there in the electronic yeah. scene. It's like, a uh, Tiesto's there. Tiesto's there. We're like neighbors. Uh, we have uh Dabin, Will, Will Black, Blank, a sick. bunch of people. Yeah. Set the sky. They all live like four minutes away from me. Yeah. It's easy. How special is it going to be when you play mile high? Crazy, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I'm so glad because a tour is crazy, and then it stops for that whole week, which is amazing because I can just like enjoy it, have family out, you know, chill out at home. It's really nice. So you got to perform for like five hours straight. Is it what, four or five four, hours? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, four, uh, four and a half, prop four. I don't know. We're get. I'm still figuring out set times, but it's pretty much like DJ set, DJ set, live set. Holy shit! Damn. Yeah, kind of opening for myself. It's fun. It's really. It's actually a really <laughs> fun format. It's like. Talk about like drug high that do because I did the same format in Las Vegas and uh, just just being able to do uh, you really get to eat it up because an hour and a half goes by so fast. But in a in a football stadium, for one, being able to do one set and then like taking five minutes and be like, holy shit, this is crazy. And I get to keep doing mm-hmm. it. It's almost like it's the closest I could come to like attending my own show. You know, it's like a long it feels it's awesome. Is there something you've replaced? And I ask this out of respect. Like, is there something that replaced like you, you, what you were addicted to? Oh, it, for sure, a ton of stuff. Like what? I mean, one making five hour shows. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're that high is crazy, but it's like nuts for sure. Just, I feel like it's been multiple things. I think making music and putting it out and seeing the seeing seeing the reaction. Uh, that was the first kind of thing. It was like that addicting serotonin people love this people like start seeing your name more and it's like you know the come up is a huge serotonin rush and then as you start having these goals um and then those goals becoming reality and hitting each one year by year you know at first it's like i want to do a red rocks in the next year or like in the next five years the the first goal i had was in like 2014 was in 10 years I want to sell out Red Rocks and it was like a year and a half later we did the it was crazy um so that was like the first one and then the whole like one day to do a football stadium and that was always like yeah fucking right like (laughs) god damn that's stupid and then that becoming a thing is you know 
that's a rush. You know, that's a crazy, crazy rush. And being so scared to put it on sale because I'm like, I just feel like everyone hates me. I don't know why. <laughs> it makes no sense, but nobody's going to buy tickets. I'd have dreams before that stadium, last stadium show, and I was like, nobody showed up. I'd play in front of like 10 people in an empty football stadium in my dreams. It was awful. I mean, I... I'd rather, like, have somebody on our couch that approaches it that way than, like, oh, I'm going to sell this fucking shit out and do 20 minutes flat watching No, it. no, I think, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's, like, prevalent everywhere. People are like, yeah, I don't know. Do people have to convince you that you can do this? No, I think it's about having high, high goals, reasonable expectations, or, like, low reasonable expectations, I think. You know, it's like, I've always had the goal of doing football stadiums, that's great, but at the same time, it's like, what is a reasonable expectation for myself five years ago? No. Now today it's like, okay, we can do one to two a year maybe. You know, it's crazy. Two questions off that. Yeah. One, what is it like when you're on that platform and you're in the air raised above 60,000 people and you're just like looking around? The worst. On that platform in the middle? Yeah. So terrifying. Really? Well, one, <laughs> it was the most wobbly goddamn thing ever. So, like, trying to get uh, trying to get my balance and stuff, it was, uh, yeah. And then you're DJing, like, trying to DJ in the center of a stadium. It's uh, with all the delays everywhere, all the sound mm. delay. I mean, you're just, you're, you're mentally, like, oh, oh, so screwed up. But you're, you're, you're feeding it in your ears, right? Correct. So you have the correct timing in your ears. But you take your ears off. Oh, it's a mess. And it's a, and you are uh, like, uh, and then you're, you're wobbling like, on a platform at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, and it's interesting, really, but because it like, was it was fun looking back at it. But in the moment, no, not cool. <laughs> it's, not, it's not your voice. You're like like you're hearing other tracks. Like it's no. So you, yeah, whatever. So you have your you know when you're DJing, you have your master, and then you whenever so. If you're just trying to mix with your ears off, right, and you press play on the second track or the third track and you're going off of the stadium sound you're going to be way off so you have to put your ears on what i did was i had it was confusing i had an in-ear monitor and then i had my headphones and so i'd have like this is what's playing to my mat to my to the crowd yeah. and this is what i'm queuing up queuing up i get that holy shit Ugh. I got to do it again too. It's so <laughs> it's like mentally weird as hell it's a lot of yeah. pressure too yeah it's all. I mean, the the good thing is the set. The the that first set was like fairly simple mix wise. It's just like, bat. I feel like when I would was making music in like 2015, it was just slow builds, and uh, you know, it's not like crazy technical mixes or anything like that. It's just kind of in the empty spaces you you fill through. You bring like an acapella in over one little section. It's not that hard. By the way, you got to listen to Elenium. That's the most recent album. We're going to put a link in the description below. Plus, all of Elenium's music is on Amazon Music. Uh, you have two songs on this album with two of my favorite people. Skylar Gray. So epic. She's one of the greatest songwriters of all time. 100%. I, the, the demo of Love the Way You Lie is like uh, the best song ever. Yeah. She's easily the only person to write for Dr. Dre, Eminem, and Celine Dion. Yeah. And that's not fire. a fucking joke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's fire. She, and she's one of the kindest, nicest people. Such a cool human. Ever. Yeah. Like, she's the the greatest person. I miss you very much. <laughs> Hi, Skylar Gray. And, like, the so kind. Yeah, she's awesome. How does that record come to be? Does she send you something? Do you actually no, get we, in the studio together? We were on a Zoom. Yeah, um, you didn't go to Napa? No, I didn't go to Napa. We were on a Zoom. It was... Uh, that was sick. There were, three, there were three of us in Denver at my studio, and then Skylar was on with Zoom. And then uh, I we just had, like, this, like, 
small guitar riff that I had written. And then uh, we like pitched it way down five, five semitones or something like that. And then, yeah, that, that chorus was just like, I was addicted to that. We wrote it. And the random thing is like bringing in the word matches was so weird. I was like, light your mat. Like, where's that going to go? It was a cool click. And then, and I will rise from the ashes. It was like, what? Whoa. It was like, I don't know. Yeah, that, was, she- that was that dope moment for sure. Do you like creating over Zoom like that, or is it? No, like- <laughs> no, I love being in person. But that one was sick. She was she was easy to work with though. Yeah. Like it's it's definitely challenging though. And she's used to working that way. Yeah, and she doesn't leave Napa ever. Or no, she does a couple times a year. It's good. She's happy. She's you know, fucking vibe out. She's like it makes me like want to like I get nauseous thinking about it. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah, like she's, she's exceptionally so talented. Yeah. Oh my god! Like you know her, but like you may even not know her. Can we include a Skylar Gray link to her Amazon Music? I page? mean, I've been listening to sure, yeah, Skylar forever. I mean, yeah, if and you have ears that have even been- earlier than Skylar before it was Skylar. Oh, with Holly Brook. Look at you, you the, the folk era. Where'd you go, dude? Dude, the, 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 the four the, minor song. Let's I love go. That song. And, and again, like she's a folk writer that turned into one of the greatest hip hop yeah, fucking. I'm a mega folk fan, writer. <laughs> she helped create rap with hooks. Like it's yeah. like a cra- like it makes me sweat, yeah, dude. So good. And then you have Jaden Hosler. Yes, so sick. That was the first song we wrote for this album, actually. Really? Yeah, we uh, we uh, that was the first session I had with Travis too. I went over and he just had that. He had the bridge and then just the vocal part of the bridge, and then we had like a rough chorus, just the melody, um, and then we just like jammed out and made new chords for it, brought a whole new production in, and made like a full rock song. It was sick. It was Damn. so fun. How does the writing of that record go? So we pretty much, uh, what they had was the, they had it over a totally different track. Um, it was like not rock really. And they just had that first, they had like the first part of the song where it's just the filtered out lifeline Mm -hmm. chorus. They didn't have like a full chorus. Um, they just had that little like melody and I really liked it. So we pretty much jammed out and made this like really anthemic. I was like, I want this to be huge. I want it to be like really small and then just blow up out of nowhere and then i wanted and then we were just like jamming and travis was doing his thing and we just kind of followed his lead for a second and then it went into the bridge which was just like and then they uh we 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 came back in and recut verses and choruses and stuff with that song being the first you made for the album do you end up taking anything sonically that you apply hugely yeah i think that was like so after probably two days of sessions we had a uh, like a decent sounding rock song, I think that was like none of my, you know, I had played guitar and stuff, but it was just all the rock pretty much uh, bones. And then I took the stems home and I feel like that's the first time I got to mess with, you know, kind of uh, totally changing drums and changing and bringing synths in and making it more like uh, in the middle, you know, somewhere like that. And I feel like I found a really healthy medium on that song, especially. I feel like it definitely lives in both worlds mm-hmm. and it just like, Gets it has that uh, like anthem emo rock like just smack to it that I feel like is so satisfying. You hear the guitars really clearly, and it's still yeah. I don't know. No, it hits, but it has so much emotion and heart. Yeah, for it's sure. Great. Yeah, and Jaden sounds fucking amazing. And I love how where it goes. You know, it has like a first like just instrumental part, and then it has a drop chorus, and then it goes into like a full time section. I really like the how that song flows. You, you got to listen to this album. We're gonna put a link in the description below. Check it out. It, wild that like. It's your fifth body of work that deserves that self-titled, yeah. you know, 
honor. Just I'm just copying Blink One Eighty Two to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> uh, no, that is my favorite Blink album though. I mean, yeah. so yeah, I think I'd agree album. with that. I love that album. Is the best millennium music on this album? I mean, I th- I think so. I think people will have varying opinions <laughs> though, because I know that some people are so attached to that older stuff that it will not. But do you want that to change for you? Like everything? No, I you don't put- care. I don't care. I, this is what I wanted to do right now, and I'm so happy about it. But today, this is the best millennium music. But for yes. your next album, do you want to be able to say the I'm taking a same break. thing? I don't know. I'm taking a break. Really? Yeah, I need a break, dude. Five albums in like seven years. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm going crazy. Yeah, I'm taking a break. Good. It's good though. I'm I'm giving like every ounce of energy I have right now for this tour and and for this album and stuff. So it's you, fun. You also have an album full of a lot of hits, so you should really ride <laughs> that out for as long as humanly yeah. possible, right? Isn't that a part of the process? Hey, I never know. You know, I'm always I'm. It's the same kind of drug addict mentality. It's next, like next, next, next thing. So I'm trying to just live in the moment, find some peace, be chill. But I feel like a, a part of you may put that energy into other artists. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Exactly. I need to find that kind of. You know, I love doing it. Uh, the the energy went from making my album and now it went to working on this live show and then the next like year will be just like making that live show as epic as I can at every single stop and then I want it to be like okay who can who can I help now I want to help people out I want to I want to put more of my energy into that for sure it's really special yeah it makes life good you know it makes me feel good. <laughs> What are you thinking? Uh, last question I had is, what is bigger challenge, making the perfect intro or the perfect drop? Mm. Ooh, that's tough. I ha- I probably have more hard- a harder time making the perfect drop, for sure. Really? I think you go through, I think intros, uh, for me, they're like, in a, uh, I guess they're both essential, but in terms of like, if I'm going to start a song, I always start with the intro. I never really start with a drop. Mm-hmm. And if I, uh, I feel like I do it more because you go through all those ideas, right? Like uh, I'll go through maybe 30 intros and I'll, and I'll make like 10 actual songs from those. So I only get 10 opportunities to do drops versus 30 opportunities to do intros, if that makes sense. Does and that then, make sense? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm doing, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but then yes. Starfall, the intro of the album, is that, do you sit down you're like, okay, I got an album. I need an intro to this album or does that just come naturally? No, like that was fits? like, I sat down at 3 a.m. after I got home and I was like, I'm just going to make some chord stuff and mess with the, I got some new string VSTs. And then I have a, a friend, Davide in Italy who, who records strings over most of the album song, most of the album actually. Um, and uh, yeah, that was just like a vibe out kind of like wow i kind of made this cool 45 second just symphonic thing and then it sits for a second and then i was like what am i and then i made the pluck things and i had no idea what to do vocally and uh me and my friend trevor just sat down and started messing with some vocoder stuff and so we just did it that was one song we just did it all ourselves it was fun but a lot of this stuff starts just you yeah that yeah that was just me at 3 a.m made that whole 45 second thing it's like a perfect opening for the album i love that it feels like the clouds are opening and you're welcoming us in I love that stuff. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. How yeah. Do you do, uh, I mean, this album is, you got to listen. It really, it, it embodies you perfectly. It's pretty sick. Yeah. It's, that's, that's exactly why I feel like it was perfect self-titled because it just feels very, even showing the people that I've known for, you know, 10 years and they'd listen to this and it's like, that is so you. That is, and, and it just, yeah. Just Isn't that the greatest compliment? Yeah. It's sick. It's awesome. And it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's like a little more tough because it's so me. And then when people have like controversial opinions about it and then I'm like, well, fuck, maybe I just suck. 
just <laughs> no. it's, it's just an evolution of you as a human being. Yeah, exactly. And you're not chasing trend or setting trend. You're doing what your heart Honestly, and mind that, want. Yeah, that part is like kind of funny because I do like I can see where the trends are going right yeah. now, and I'm like not even fucking close to them. No, I mean I could have <laughs> made the case that like alternative pop punk was like a couple years ago. Yeah, I know, right? You missed the boat a little. Yeah, bit. I, I don't know. know. Whatever. Okay, <laughs> they'll catch it. up to you. Yeah, <laughs> they'll figure it out. It's all cyclical, right? Eventually, it is. But I also think they're they're you add a much different energy and sonic tone to those types of records that doesn't exist anywhere else. Yeah. So sure. there is something to people tapping into that, that genre and revitalizing it. Yeah. You know, the genre at the end of the day is nothing without the artists that make it up. Mm -hmm. So you never know, but you know, I also can go into like a really long, like tangent on like pop punk to get like as a whole and how it's died out and yeah. radios killed it. And yeah, you know, definitely. it's really bad, dude. I know it's crazy. You know, like a number one record at alternative radio only has an audience of 4 million people. I know it's crazy. That's a joke. I know. Isn't that a joke? That's a nut. And it's true. I wish it wasn't accurate. I know. Thank people like fucking Mike Kaplan and Kevin Weatherly. Okay. Well, we don't need to <laughs> Murderers. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. Murderers. <laughs> all right. Thanks for coming. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I mean I mean that with peace and love. Um, <laughs> you're absolutely incredible, and I'm a huge fan. I've been for a long time, so oh, to be able to you. talk to you has been a really, really fucking cool. Thank you, guys. Appreciate and, it. Well, appreciate you and appreciate your honesty. Yeah. It, Real quick before you go, and I know we end. I, I end with the deepest question, but I am very interested. What's up? Um, how do you define success, and like, what is it to you? Because I have a feeling that it's more than just money. Because yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think it's always been kind of the middle ground of. I mean, I go back and forth. What it what is when I look at it, it's like is having the most hits successful? Is having the most the biggest shows and the most fans successful? Is have making the most Excuse me, making the most money successful, and and I don't think it's, I think it's a bit of those, and it's mainly like what is, how much quality of life are you getting out of what you're doing? You know, at the end of the day, it's like how much do I, uh, how much do I enjoy everyday life doing this, and how much do you know? And part of that is like it is enjoyable to be to be successful to have to, uh, you know, have gone from nothing and not expecting to ever make money, you know, like 10 years ago, I was like, if I could, I, I wanted to start a frozen yogurt shop and make like 80 K a year. And that was my goal. You know, that was like one of my, one of my things I was like, if, if I did that, I could live and be chill. And then like, you know, going from the first show, you make $2,000 or like 500 bucks to $2,000. And then you may, and, and it's, you know, satisfying for me as a person to, uh, you know, have that be a little bit of what, you know, makes me happy. And also, but it has to be paired with what is, what good am I doing? You know, yeah. what am, and that's why I feel it like with this end overdose stuff or with, that's where you have to have whatever, whatever determines your personal success plus whatever you have to be helping people in my opinion. And your music does that. That too. That That's huge. Like, how many people can I help with this? Well, with also this helping music? you. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's a balance. And I think going full into like, I just need to make hits, super unhealthy, super not satisfying for me. I think, but like if I have a big song and I see that it's helping people and it's doing some other stuff, cool, but I'm not going to force it just because if you just force it, I find a lot of unhappiness in that world. Your initial intent isn't for a hit. Yeah, for sure. It's to craft it, something that matters. hundred percent. You gotta listen to the album. It's called Elenium. <laughs> he is Elenium. Link in the description below. Listen to all the music. Check My name it is out. Music. I, I really appreciate you Thank being you here, guys. man. Thank you, guys. So nice. Huh. Appreciate it. It was awesome. Thank you. Elenium, everybody. Cool.
Peace. <laughs>